everyone, I'm Faith Russell, one of the founders of Mags Creative, a podcast studio based here in London, and I'm joined virtually by my sister and my business partner, Hannah Russell. And I'm not going to lie, we're both currently recording from under our duvets. To be fair to us, this was an order from our head of audio, as apparently it's the best place for soundproofing in our houses. Over the past few years, we've absolutely loved creating some brilliant shows. Think Deliciously Ella the Podcast, Cast Away with Laura Whitmore, and Clemmie Telford's Honestly. And we've been lucky enough to develop this amazing network of smart, inspirational human beings who could help us out during this time. And so we decided to do what we do best, creating podcasts that bring people together. As part of the Stay Home movement, we're bringing you Listen In, a list-based podcast that is keeping us staying in and letting us listen in at home with celebrities and familiar voices. Each episode comes to you directly from the home of some wonderful famous faces, or voices I should say, with tips and tricks that only they can share. Whether it's the three books Elizabeth Day just can't live without or Martine McCutcheon's Four Greatest Loves, Listen In is here to make you feel less alone at home. So please, stay home, lean back and listen in because we've got you covered. From our duvet to yours, here's today's episode. Hello, my name is Elizabeth Day and I am the creator and host of How to Fail with Elizabeth Day. It is lovely to be talking to you in this very strange and surreal time. I'm feeling okay today and the past few days have been odd, but not necessarily in a bad way. I had a very, very anxious time when my mother contracted coronavirus and a few of my friends have had it or are in the midst of it at the moment. And that's been very difficult, obviously, because of social distancing, I can't see them and it's a great worry. But I'm extremely lucky in the they seem to be on the road to recovery. And I'm also extremely lucky and grateful for the fact that I live in a calming space with my other half and with our cat Huxley. And that has been really nice, actually. It's been nice to remind myself of the things in life that are normal and quiet and beautiful and often overlooked. So I've been finding it really helpful every day to admire something in nature that I normally wouldn't pay enough attention to. The way the sun falls on a particular tree, the feel of the wind on my face, the fact that a magnolia tree is in full bloom. And I find that very grounding and very helpful. I've also limited my news intake, which I think was crucial for me in the preservation of my own mental health. And I've been doing a little bit of exercise every day and that's been very helpful too. So I'm really, really trying to take it day by day and moment by moment, which I normally find quite difficult. But I actually think that in this particular time, there is such great comfort from knowing that everyone else is going through a similar thing. And I find that a great source of solidarity and connection. And I also like to remind myself that I'm extremely privileged and so lucky. And I feel so grateful to people who work for the NHS, to paramedics, to the police, to supermarket staff, everyone really, who is carrying on doing their jobs so that the rest of us can stay safe. So I feel an enormous amount of gratitude for that.
To keep everyone staying in and listening in, I've been asked by Max Creative to share the three books I can't live without and to help see some of you through this time of reflection and isolation. So I hope you'll forgive me, but I've kind of cheated. So I have chosen three books, but two of them are um, series. So one of them is a quartet and the other one comprises five novels, so a quintet. Um, The first one is Elena Ferranti's The Neapolitan Quartet. They consist of four novels which start with My Brilliant Friend and Elena Ferranti charts the course of a best friendship between two women, Lena and Lenu, who grew up in the patriarchal confines of 1950s Naples. I love the way that Ferranti depicts the details of their entwined life. She really observes them minutely and renders them so vividly from a shared childhood in an impoverished neighbourhood through to adulthood with its passionate love affairs, burgeoning careers and complex complex family struggles. The intensity of the friendship is played out against this backdrop of crime and political corruption. And Ferranti's point is that the personal can never really be separated from the political. And part of the reason I love this series is that platonic female intimacy is not often explored in great novels. But Ferranti took the archetype of classic literature, often written by men, and applied it to this overlooked area of human experience. Her writing is just absolutely brilliant and very gripping. And I recommend it for anyone going through troubled times because I read it in the aftermath of my divorce and it really, really helped me through. The second series is The Cazalet Chronicles by Elizabeth Jane Howard. So Elizabeth Jane Howard was a huge influence for me as an author and I was lucky enough to meet her before she died in 2014. And The Cazalet Chronicles consist of five novels spanning two decades in the life of one sprawling family from the eve of the Second World War. Just like Ferranti, Howard's fictional sphere is domestic and yet reveals deeper truths about human nature. Her characters leap from the page like living, breathing people and her acutest insights are reserved for what makes us flawed yet lovable. She is the most amazing storyteller because she makes you care and the characters end up as your friends. It is like dropping into a really warm, reassuring bath reading these novels. And when I wrote my debut novel, Scissors, Paper, Stone, I reread Howard to see just how she did it. And I appreciated for the first time how talented she was at the technical craft of writing. Her shifts between tenses and points of view are so smoothly done that you move effortlessly from the thoughts of one character to another. And that's a very hard thing to do without it seeming clunky. You can trust me on that. The third book that I've chosen is A Fine Balance by Rohinton Mystery. And I've chosen it because you can really lose yourself in its capacious narrative. Mystery has been compared to Dickens with good reason. He is masterful at handling a big cast of engaging characters. And he too is adept at conveying the compassionate sweep of a teeming city. This magnificent 1995 novel captures all the corruption, dignity and heroism in 1970s Bombay at the time of Indira Gandhi's declaration of the state of emergency. The political turmoil at play is vividly portrayed through the lives of four disenfranchised characters, including two quote-unquote untouchable tailors whose efforts to escape the terrible limitations of the caste system have brought them to the city in search of a better life. The fine balance of the title refers both to the frail equilibrium that the main characters are able to maintain with each other 
and I think to the wider sense of a society struggling to hold itself together in extreme circumstances. As such, this Booker shortlisted novel celebrates the infinite small human connections that knit together to form something far greater. And in this particular time that we're living through, where human connection is the most important thing that we have, I cannot think of a better novel to lose yourself in. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Listen In. And a big thank you to this week's guests for taking the time to share their thoughts of the day. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on our Instagram, which is mags.creative. And it would be great if you could also share your feedback of the show by rating and reviewing the podcast. Hit the subscribe button to receive episodes as they come out. We have new guests a couple of times a week. And remember kids, hashtag stay home. It's the best place to be. Listen in.